Hi again. And so we come to the, the seventh and final segment of these talks we've been doing on Passion Week or Holy Week. And today I want to talk about the resurrection. Um, of course, since it's the seventh day. Uh, remember what we saw on Friday, that at the cross, God was recreating his creation. I said that the cross, while a physical event in time and space, it transcended time and space, and the entire cosmos really revolves around what took place at the cross. I also said to you that historically, when when we say the cross, we really mean Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, when we understand that the, the entire cosmos revolves around what is taking place, it kind of liberates us from the smallness of personal piety, from a small gospel. I think the gospel is really huge. At the cross, Jesus is not just saving individuals, he's recreating the world. That the cross is God's great reclamation project. Um, it's the recreation of all things into something new. So that's the context from Friday for just a, a few thoughts on the resurrection. Um, we see what Paul calls the first fruits of this new creation in the resurrection of Christ. So the resurrection, what we're looking at today, is, is actually pointing us ahead to our ultimate future. There are so many passages I could have turned to, but I, I've picked some verses from 1 Corinthians 15, which is a pretty well-known chapter uh, that Paul is writing to the Corinthians about resurrection and what it means. Here's just a few verses, starting at uh, chapter 15, verse 3. For I handed on to you as one of first uh, importance what I in turn had received, that Christ had died for our sins in accordance with the Scripture, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scripture. This is the, the core essence of the gospel. He goes on in verse 20, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead as the first fruits of those who have died. Later on, verse 42, so it is with the resurrection of the dead, what is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. It is sown dishonor in dishonor, it is raised in glory, it is sown in weakness, it is raised in power, it is sown a physical body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a physical body, there is also a spiritual body. The resurrection is at the heart of the mystery of Christ. And this whole subject of the mystery of Christ, we could, we could spend our whole lives on. I think it's fascinating that uh, among all four gospel accounts, um, none of them record the actual resurrection, only the aftermath. It's, it's part of the mystery. So a few more thoughts. And I'm really focusing on the resurrected Christ, what we see in the hours 
following um, the stone being rolled away. This this resurrected Jesus was was different. He wasn't just a resuscitated person like like Lazarus or the the widow of Nain's son. On the one hand, Jesus appears as a man, and it seems that he goes out of his way to make sure that we understand that. Um, he says, give me some fish to eat. He says to Thomas, touch my hands, touch my side. Um, we see him walking along the road uh, to Emmaus with two of the disciples at the end of Luke's account. He is present bodily. That's what's being stressed. However, there's this different aspect about him too. The, the two disciples walked with him for several miles and they did not recognize him at first, even though they'd been with him probably for three years. Um, Mary Magdalene, who knew him so well, they were so close, she didn't recognize him. She thought he was a gardener. Uh, the epilogue to John's gospel, which is chapter 21, um, they see... This man on the shore who's asked, have you caught anything? And they're looking and no, we haven't caught anything. And then it's only after the catch, their eyes are open and Peter says, it's the Lord. Uh, Actually, I think John says it's the Lord. So yes, he's physical. It's really important. He's physically there, but there's something different. There's something different. Now, the... The resurrected Christ no longer belongs fully to our world, but he was truly present in the world. It wasn't their imagination. Um, Paul talks about how many people saw the physical Christ in the, in the weeks following his resurrection. What, what we're seeing here is that his resurrection changed the boundaries of of our existence. He he suddenly appeared. He suddenly disappeared. He came through walls. His presence is entirely physical, but at the same time, it's not bound by the laws of space and time. And this is the paradox I was referring to. But it's really important for a couple of minutes that we focus and don't lose track of a physical resurrection. Uh, You know, just like the Apostle Paul, the early church fathers insisted on a physical resurrection of Christ. They said if it's just a spiritual resurrection, it's not true. And those who taught that, they said that's heresy. One of the really early church fathers, Ignatius, said this, For I know and believe that he was also in the flesh after the resurrection. And when he came to those with Peter, he said to them, Take Touch me, see that I'm not a bodiless spirit. And immediately they touched him and uh, believed. So they specifically said no interpretation uh, of the resurrection in the New Testament that excludes the body of flesh and blood Christ in participation in eternal salvation, it's heresy. There must be a physical resurrection, which, as we're about to see, points to our physical resurrection. 
because the resurrection is like a whole new life form. The The main point about Christ's resurrection is that uh, because it took place in this present world, at the same time, it becomes the defining inaugural event of the new creation. The new creation is being born at and with his resurrection. Joseph Ratzinger, Pope Benedict, said this, In Jesus' resurrection, a new possibility of human existence is attained that affects everyone and opens up a future, a new kind of future for mankind. So now there's a totally new kind of future for for creation, and it's begun. It began Easter morning, and it's going to reach its conclusion at the second coming. It began Easter morning, but it will be concluded when he comes again. In the same body in which he was crucified and rose again, he will complete the narrative of of incarnation, of, of the total unity of God and man. He will fulfill the story of creation at his second coming. The full outworking of Jesus' resurrection will bring about the glorification of the entire created order. That's why I I love Romans 8, 19 to 22, where Paul says all of creation, the entire created order, is groaning, groaning in anticipation. This is the context uh, for the church's celebration of the resurrection, celebration of this great mystery of Christ. It's the, the, the recreation of the entire cosmos. So Christ's resurrection uh, is the first fruits, not just of my resurrection, not just because he was resurrected, I will bodily be resurrected, which is wonderful. But it is the recreation of the entire cosmos. This is the triune God's eternal and unchanging and unshakable plan for all of eternity. And this plan began Easter morning when Jesus was resurrected. Just a few more points. Jesus' resurrection is setting a compass point for you, for me, for all of the world and all of the cosmos, because it points us to a certain future but certain reality of a new life form. Life will no longer be subject to the law of dying. Matter changes into a new reality. You know, we get little little snapshots of this when Jesus said the kingdom has come. We 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 see the at the wedding feast of, of Cana in John 2, where where ceremonial jars, large, large containers of water become wine. Uh, when 5,000 and then 4,000 people are fed because the food just multiplies. It, it's, it, you know, we can look back to get a little bit of a foretaste of what, what our ultimate future is, the ultimate future of all creation. And so now the disciples are witnessing this in a new form when they see the risen Christ. The nature of existence has changed. 
a new kind of union with God, a union that is eternal, that will never end. Uh, what's been in his heart from the beginning uh, of creation, from before that, before time what's in his heart, has now begun to happen. And that's what the resurrection of Jesus points to. Not just my resurrection, again, it is wonderful, but it is the recreation of, of God's perfect, perfect plan. When he said, it is good, it's the recreation of something that is, it's got new boundaries, new expression. The other thing that I love about the resurrection is this. Jesus went to the cross. He defeated the powers by not fighting back, by what we talked about, uh, kenosis, kenotic love, being emptied. But if ever we wonder if, if what happened, what he did at the cross was right, the resurrection is the Father's verdict on what Jesus accomplished at the cross. This has been a great week to be with you. I bless you on this Resurrection Sunday, and I hope that this journey of the last week has begun to to take our hearts and our minds deeper into this wonderful mystery of Christ. God bless you.